1: Hello, Conspiracy Players. Welcome to another episode of Conspiracy Playtime. We are ending the break, and uh, as a return to the show, and I imagine it'll be 2024, barely, by the time this comes out. Happy New Year, everyone. To get things going and get the show back in full motion, we have on a very special guest... His name is John Kerwin. He has a book called The Conspiracy Theorist or Bible Guide as well as a website, uh, which is wakeuporelse.com and we'll let him tell us a little bit about that. But mainly, we're going to start by talking about John's story how he got to where he is, what's driving him these days. And from what I understand, John, you kind of had a shift in the early 2000s. I'll let you take it from there and just kind of explain what happened when you really kind of leaned into it.
0: Yeah, cool. Thanks for having me, Colby. And and, uh, I guess a shift is sort of an understatement. It's more like a volcanic eruption (laughs) for a lot of us when you find out the moon landing's fake and your spouse doesn't. Um, for me, it was, I found out the federal reserve wasn't federal. That was my entry point into the rabbit hole, into the matrix or actually out of the matrix. (laughs) You know, it's just so mind boggling how any of us go through our, like our entire adult life and never see these things, you know, where, where was, uh, you know, any of these people that pointed us in the right direction, our whole life, there is a great awakening. It seems like you
1: know? Yeah, I do. I mean, if, for me, you know, I'm, I'm 40 years old. And when I was a little kid, there was always like the one conspiracy kook that, yes. that entertained everybody. You'd go sit by him at the bar, or like sit, sit on a bench next to him. And he would tell you about Bigfoot and all sorts of stuff. But I actually, where I grew up, we had uh, state nationals running around, you know, not, not having registered cars and uh-huh. they'd never have to respond to a subpoena from the court. And that kind of was cool to see and I've always that's always been in the back of my mind. But yeah, so you were right. I think there has been a great awakening. I think a lot of it had to do with 9 eleven as well as the 2016 election and then of course covid. And by the way, you don't some people ask you can talk about whatever on here if this gets pulled off of YouTube, that's fine. We have other ways of putting it up. So okay. in your book, you mentioned the uh, John McCain Barack Obama election. And right. how certain, and you just mentioned the Federal Reserve. So, how did that tie into the moon landing for you? What was that journey from? Well,
0: May that was just YB? a time marker. That was around the time that I awoke to this. I was basically at that period of time, I was a pattern day trader. So, I'm full time day trading, which is a okay. roller coaster in itself. And so, but I'm in the financial markets, and I found out that the Federal Reserve wasn't federal, it was a private institution it's you know owned by international bankers but it's fake you know it's made to look like it's part of the federal government it's this white government-y looking building in washington and it's called the federal reserve and basically i went through this process where i was like hey hey they obviously they have to know it's fake like looking back it's so embarrassing (laughs) it's so embarrassing but anyway I thought, I Can thought, I ask
1: you what's embarrassing about it? Is it because that well, was your your day job and you didn't know that about the
0: Fed? No, no, just that, just that we, there's the matrix, has a natural component to it, you know, propaganda, mind control, but there's also this metaphysical component to it where we're just bewitched and it's like our head, our heads are encased in stone, and we don't question anything, and we don't look under the hood, and we're just, I don't know, our brains are shut off. It's just bizarre how they do it. It's this lesser magic thing. And so, you know, but this is really the defining thing about the truther. And I I use the term unconvinced or normie and truther as labels to identify the two groups, because there are two groups. And I'm going to give you the definitions. The truther was me when I said, I found out the Federal Reserve wasn't federal, and then I did this. And a lot of people have done this same thing. You go like this. Well, if that's not true, what else isn't true? And I'm telling you, that is the birth point of the truther. That is the defining characteristic of a truther. It's that you begin to question officialdom. You stop trusting Fauci. You start turning over rocks because you're saying, if that's not true, what else isn't true? And your paradigm changes. The reticular activation center of your brain opens up and starts to let through evidence that you wouldn't let through before. And you become a truther. Okay, In the same way, the defining characteristic of the normie or the unconvinced is they don't know and they don't want to know.
1: Yeah. And in your book, I like how you kind of put a lot of emphasis on the reasons people don't want to know and like Uh the mental gymnastics and cognitive dissonance that they'll go through. And one example in particular that you put in there was, um, I don't know if he was a neighbor of yours or was in the same neighborhood. He was a Marine and he was really patriotic. And he would have these big parades or not parades, but just, I don't know if it was like 4th of July, but you mentioned how like a guy like him is patriotic to the point of almost like you can be all about your country and not your government. And some people mm-hmm. haven't made those that leap that, you know, country and government is separate. A lot of people just take them as one and the same a package deal, but uh, you talk about how normie is a derogative term, but they kind of, kind of walked into that themselves. And so like, unconvinced, I like how you do that. Cause you're giving them a lot of like leeway yeah. and it's like in the matrix, you know, everybody can potentially wake up, but everybody's also potentially an agent. And mm-hmm. so you also talk about the Truman show a lot, which is something that I, I think it's just as good of a metaphor as the matrix. Yep. Yeah. And we're all Truman. But anyway, I'm getting off the point. So I just kind of wanted to ask you about like, one thing that you keep talking about in the beginning of your book is how this book isn't for unconvinced. It's more for the truthers. you're trying to adapt into like, now that you do know, how do you interact with your surrounding world? Yeah. I found myself reading it going, this is really good for fence sitters too.
0: I do agree. Yeah. There's enough content in there because I threw out the net for everybody, so I actually do get into a lot of different topics, but the book is not designed to convince people that the moon landing was fake. There's tons of books like that. It's very clearly written for the person that already knows the moon landing or something like that is fake, and their spouse and their children and their friends don't. (laughs) And then the emotional baggage or the conflict that rises up from that experience because it's a life-changing experience to find out that the the power structure is pulling a huge fraud on all of humanity media is yeah. lying it's like so hard to swallow but it's you can't deny it
1: Yeah, and when we first started this podcast a couple years ago, my second episode that we put out was uh, all about Project Mockingbird, because I think once you dive into that and you can see how long the media has been commingling with the intelligence agencies, I like to kind of introduce people to conspiracy just by showing them that everything they see on a daily basis is, you know, misleading. They call us disinfo uh, disinformation agents but you know the media is the biggest defender of that but anyway so you just mentioned when you're when you understand these things and your wife and your kids I I did recently hear you on a pretty big co- podcast after we scheduled this and every time they were talking about your story it kind of shifted away from it but I kind of want to hear this because you mentioned like there was an
0: intervention in the beginning oh yeah Let's talk about that a little bit. All right. So this was what around the... I was studying 9-11 for a year. 9-11 was a seminal discovery for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And it's so obvious that it's mind-boggling that intelligent people can't see it um, because there's hundreds of anomalies and they're so glaring. It's like, you know, anyway the pastor of the church that I was going to I have a biblical worldview so I'm in the I'm in the church and you know, I was in the ministry for 10 years full-time and part-time for 20 years. so I've been in and around the church with all this stuff so I' um, I'm uh, my pastor at that time was a super normie so he was actually studying 911 and opposing me in, in in trying to convince him we were having these really intense debates and stuff. And he was the one that first mentioned. He said, "John, is there anything you don't believe?" He's like, "There's people that even believe the Earth is flat." <laughs> that was the first time I ever heard about flat Earth from this guy, and then of course, you know, I looked into it, and I'm a flat Earther. So, but your question was um, intervention. Okay, so right, so so we did that, and then I also found out the Mandela Effect was real around that same time, and that includes that the Bible is changing.
1: Right. The lion to lamb is the yep. And,
0: and that- he, that guy was the first guy I ever asked a question of. So I go to him, I say, hey, pastor, by the way, it, you know, in your memory, who laid down with the lamb? And He goes, the lion. Just so it's like that, like self-evident. And then I went to the assistant pastor. Hey, Daniel, who laid down with the lamb? The lion. Okay, so that convinced me that something was up. So I went and got 15 examples, you know, judge not, lest ye be judged. Oh, you're just talking strictly biblical Mandela effect. Biblical Mandela
1: effect. There's a, there's a lot then, if you could find 15.
0: Oh, there's hundreds. So judge not lest ye be judged is on the mouth of everybody. It's never existed in any translation. Here's another one. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away right. has never existed in any Bible translation. It's now the Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Well, that's cockamamie. I mean, that should knock you off your chair okay well
1: for me it was the bernstein bears spelling yup because my brother was the one who told me about this in about 2015 and he he mentioned a few and i was just like i could you could explain some of these away bernstein bears one i knew how that was spelled i could see it in my memory I knew how i said it growing up my sister had kids at the time yep. so i called i said hey Take a picture of the Bernstein Bears books. (laughs) I see a Bernstein and I had to sit down and I had an existential crisis. I was already a full-blown conspiracy theorist and even dug the metaphysical stuff, but I just whole new level. Anyway, this isn't about me. So for you, you were finding these anomalies. Where did the Mandela effect fit into like with your intervention and then you and your wife? Okay. So that
0: I had to give that because it was the nine 11 thing and the Mandela. And one day I come home and the pastor, the assistant pastor, and the deacon, and my wife, who, who is a drug and alcohol addiction counselor, so she's in the clinical world, and, cl- and so they're having an intervention because they think I've lost my marbles, and I've gone, I've gone, <laughs> I've gone rogue. Did your and wife so, think you were on drugs ever? No, she was suggesting that I should take medication. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. this is full on full-on intervention. We have to save John. He's gone over. He's crossed over. You should take medication. I'm telling you what, man, this is not uncommon either, but it happened to me. And I went in there and I was like, I was like, in the land of the, of the, uh, blind, the one-eyed man is King. And I said, uh, you know, I, I, I'm sorry, you know, that you guys are in you know, in the matrix, but I've left. I told my wife, I said, I got off the bus. I'm sorry. I can't do life. I can't clap for NASA like a train seal. I can't be quiet. I won't talk to you guys, but I'm going to go over here. I said, I appreciate it if you guys, I'm going to go for a walk. I'd appreciate if you guys would be gone by the time I get back, just to save face. Because this is an incredible affront to a man and a husband who is the head of the house and you're supposed to you know, sit down and say, okay, well, you got to show me what's going on, honey. Tell them, you know, it was none of that. Because so, normies don't look. Normies are like the British guards who, you know, stand at attention and you go, hey, you try to get them to blink. You know, those guys, uh-huh. that's what normies are like. Right. They don't know and they don't want to know. And so they have as much compassion for you when you get flipped to the Truman Show as if they found out you're a pedophile. <laughs> they don't want to experience what what you're. They don't want to like empathize. What what's going on, honey? Tell me. You know, obviously, you believe this, and and it's bringing division between. There's none of that. It's it's what I call the death to truth or algorithm. In fact, Jesus in Matthew ten said, "I didn't come to bring peace, but a sword." And the people are gonna in your own family are gonna be divided and the members of your household will be your enemies. That's what Jesus said. Truth divides people. And so my journey of being a content creator, I started to find out that this wasn't only happening to other people, it was common. And that's what gave me the burden to do what I do.
1: So would you say your marriage was already kind of unraveling at the point of the intervention Mm -hmm. or was that the start of it?
0: We were married for 24 years when we finally got divorced and I wasn't planning on going anywhere. I I love my wife. I tell everybody, every time I get to this point in the the interview, this is what I tell everybody. I love my wife. And if she called me right now and said, listen, I found out the earth is flat or whatever, moon landing, Mandela, just repent of being a normie. I would go back to her right now because I didn't leave. I was asked to leave. Okay. So... And that's something that I, a lot of people
1: in my life, of course, because I'm a full-blown conspiracy nut, I, I have a lot of those people in my circle, and some of them compartmentalize it. They they don't talk to their kids about it. They let their wife think that the moon landing is real and that we need to be funding Ukraine. Fill in the blank. Mm. And they can they can keep it separate, which I wouldn't be able to do. I would want to be... With someone who who was either okay with me thinking things differently or thought them themselves, but so if would you have been able to stay in the marriage and let her believe what she wanted to believe? It was her that had the issue.
0: Well, I agreed to disagree. Okay, and I was silent about anything for two years, and I called myself happy dad. You know, I would talk about hair, nails, play dates what movie are we going to watch? Fun, fun seasons in the sun, landscaping, going bowling, doing the bills, living life. I would, but, but I was being emasculated as the father of my children because they began to distance themselves from me. You know, it was no longer, you know, dad can do anything. Dad's awesome. It was dad's a loon. Dad's a weak minded boob that has embraced Photoshop tricks and has brought all this division in the family because he chose his lies over us. And what do you do then? Because I couldn't talk to him to this day I've never had a heart to heart talk to any of my kids about what really happened cuz they would say I don't want to talk about it. Are your kids adults at this point? They're I got twins that are 15 and then 16 and then I got a 21-year-old son and they're okay. all like gorgeous super kids. My son is 21. He's like working out. He's he's in the gym and he's boxing and he makes you know three hundred dollars a day doing construction. He's a phenom. The kid's an incredible kid, and and none of them are in my life. And well, guess what? Guess what? I could have probably done a lot of things different, but let me let me just address this issue. Is I canceled my channel twice to save my marriage. I was willing to walk away from all this and not do any of it. However, I'm a minister of the gospel. And I realized, well, I wouldn't realize, God, God showed me that the Bible is supernaturally changing. Now, I've, I have about 6,000 subscribers. I have about 30 new a day, mostly Christians. 30 new people a day join my church. Wake Up or Else on YouTube. Now, why is that? Because they know the Bible's changing and the pastor at the front of the room is stumbling over the scriptures because he's reading, he's reading, uh, Judge Not Lest ye Be judged. is not in his Bible. But that's what's coming out of his mouth because that's what we all remember. Because that's what we had in our Bible in some other time stream, or some other universe, or some other consciousness, or whatever it is that's happening, right? And after a while, people can't take the, dis- the disconnect and the-, the-, the bizarre blindness of these church leaders, and they're leaving the church over this. And they're coming to people like me who aren't afraid to embrace what's obvious, and the doctrine that the Bible can't change is not true, There's a difference between the term Scripture and the term Word of God. They're not the same. So all of the promises that are being relied on to suggest that the Bible couldn't possibly change aren't saying that. They're saying the Word of God can't change, Okay, which is forever settled in heaven. Scripture is being changed. And it's easy to see that, but they don't want to see it. So there's a a war over this. And I'm thinking, I can't. I'm sorry, but destiny has been laid at my feet. And, uh, uh, you know, some men are born to greatness, others have it thrust upon them. Uh, I'll go over here and make videos, I'll leave you guys alone. That wasn't acceptable. I was basically given an ultimatum to, to disconnect from all of that, and I basically said no. So I chose the truth over my own human need. And I wouldn't advise anybody do it because I am I cry several times a day.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's more pertinent to me now than it would have been if you and I would have had, a, had this talk a couple months ago because I am three weeks of a father, first time father. Mm. I'm also not romantically involved with the mother. We actually broke up right before we found out she was pregnant. And I'm at the point where I wanted to be a father and she's, she's a mother already, but she wanted another kid. So we did it and we're co-parenting. We're not on the same page about a lot of stuff, but she always has been okay with me doing this. And I don't know what I would do if I was presented the choice, you know,
0: choose Mm -hmm.
1: truth or, and, and it's not, you weren't, You weren't the one that made the the choice have to happen. I mean, you
0: have... No, let me address that because that's a really important point. In my seven years of interacting with tens of thousands of people, never one time have I heard a truther testify that they told their spouse, if you don't talk to me about these things I've discovered, I can't have a relationship with you. But what I have heard every time... When somebody tells me, "Yes, I got divorced when I found out," blah blah blah, is their spouse told them that the normie tells the truth, or if you don't stop talking about these things, I can't have a relationship with you? So, what does that tell you? Yeah, and
1: I mean it's a great point to get across because it says a lot for the the unconvinced or the normie state of mind that they have to be surrounded by people that think just like them Mm -hmm. because then their their notions on reality or existence are never challenged and hey if that's the life they want to live that's fine i do know a lot of normie slash unconvinced people that will have these conversations you mentioned in your book now that we're on this topic uh there was a guy I think he was a a dad of a kid that your son played soccer with Yeah, and you had some back and forth to talk about that
0: a little bit. Yeah. That was the first time I ever heard somebody mouth the words, I don't know. And I don't want to know. Now I've heard that a bunch of times and that's, that's the operating system of the normie is they want their happy life and they don't want it. It's like Debbie downer on, on SNL or, you know, we're just a buzzkill you know, truthers are a buzzkill to the unconvinced because they got this thing going on There they love their life and they don't want you bringing in all this bad news. So they just put up their hand and like, ah, so we're standing there at a soccer game and this guy was very successful in business. And uh, so he was, he was very learned about these things. And, And he finally, and we were, you know, talking and I'm, you know, talking about all these things. He's finally like, John, I've looked into a lot of these things you're talking about, and I know what you're saying is true. He said, but I don't really want to know. And I remember just thinking, that is so foreign to me. I can't relate to that. Like not wanting to know what what
1: is really happening. Well, he almost seen, what's the character's name in the Matrix that that wants the steak, and he. Oh yeah, 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 Cipher, Cipher, Cipher. <laughs> That exactly. Cypher right there. Yeah, I mean, he's he's seen it. He knows what's true, but he doesn't yep. want to know. And I mean, you know, I I can sympathize, maybe even empathize with the notion of wanting a peaceful existence. But to me, and I, I know you feel the same, the truth is just so much more appealing. Yeah. And, and like you pointed out, once you've seen that they'll lie about anything, and I do want to get into this because I think you laid out in your book better for like people who kind of just have their toe into the whole nasa thing mm-hmm. because i mean Werner von braun aside this occultist who did magic rockets shit for the nazis and right he comes over here and he has a god
0: what what is it on his firmament
1: or on his tombstone he has something yeah, it's about psalms, the
0: firmament. i think it's psalms 19 the the heaven declares the glory of God and the firmament. He he basically put a scripture in there, which talks about the firmament. Now that word is first mentioned in Genesis. And it, the original meaning of the word is a hard impenetrable barrier. So you That's have the
1: firmament is one of the founders of NASA puts that on his headstone. Yep. And also it can't <laughs> be overlooked that he's rubbing shoulders with Jack Parsons and L. Ron Hubbard and, just all of it. Like once you start showing people the history of NASA, they either have to literally turn a blind eye, oh yeah, or look at it for what it is. And once you start doing that, I mean, I th- I love that you stressed so much on NASA in your in your book because I and you, the NASA T shirts you see little kids wearing. There's three things: cowboys and Indians, outer space, and dinosaurs. Yep. And I already know history is fake for the most yep. part. Uh, dinosaurs for sure. I, I I mean, it didn't take long for me to even look into that. I was looking into it for two hours. And I'm just like, holy cow, this is, if anybody looks into this one, it's just yeah. from the beginning, you got to just take it. So yeah, and so you wonder like before you're even old enough to conceptualize, you have outer space stuff, cowboys and Indian stuff, and just shoved right in your face. right.
0: Uh, nice. But
1: anyway, uh, yeah, so tell me what you think about NASA because you made some really good points about the pictures they take and how easy yeah.
0: so yeah talk a little bit about all that all right so here. i tried to talk i tried to uh, pull back the veil on the mind control like i was saying before how do they get us to shut our brains off so it's like a lesser magic and and this is something anybody can do and it's really fun next time you're in a restaurant or let's say you're sitting at the bar so you have time with the bartender right so you're there and you say all right let me let me uh let me ask you a question. Pull out your phone and and ask your phone to say, show me a picture of the Milky Way galaxy. Okay. Now you got to lead them. You can't put words in their mouth. So you start asking, what are you looking at? And they're going to say, the Milky Way galaxy. All right. So how do you think they got the picture? And they're going to say, well, you know, satellite." This is what, I've done this a bunch of times. Say, so, okay, well, you know, the Milky Way galaxy, they tell us it's 100,000 light years across. Right. And the whole galaxy is in the frame, right? Yeah. All right, so how how far out would the satellite have to be for the entire galaxy to be in the frame? And right at that moment, you watch their expression and they're just stone-faced because they realize, well, it'd have to be Pretty far out, like a hundred thousand <laughs> light years away, and then you go. Do you think that? Th- do you think we have a, a satellite that's a hundred thousand light years away? Uh, no. So now this is the really important part. You can't. You got to let them come to this themselves on their own. And sometimes it'll take two or three minutes because they're, re- they're fighting themselves. They're reluctant to come out and actually admit it for the first time. I did, a, I did a poll on my own channel once, and 70% of the people when I did this admitted that that moment right then was the first time they ever realized that the picture of the Milky Way galaxy is a cartoon. Well,
1: hey, they took the red pill in that moment, right? It was incredible.
0: You you can you can, like you
1: talk about cognitive dissonance. I've seen people because this is an example I've used a lot and I think yours is better. But who set up the tripod and the camera to watch the first astronaut yep. climb out? <laughs> who did no. that? Did they have a big ass selfie stick off of Ooh. the off of the moonlander? No. Nope. Yeah, so so and you start talking about stuff like that and Werner von Braun, like I said before, just him alone is enough. Yeah. Would, most people who are honest with themselves about logic, you would start to see NASA unravel very quickly. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think that goes into today with Elon Musk and his place in the world and his place in society. Like, honestly, if I was a Christian, I would start eyeballing that guy as a candidate for the Antichrist because what he has done with both sides of the political aisle in about 10 to 15 year span is amazing to me. And he just, it, you if you're, or you, you're on Twitter, correct? I do have a Twitter a
0: Twitter account. Most of my stuff's on YouTube.
1: Okay. But if you're ever active on Twitter, you'll notice that Elon Musk could say two words. He's going to have. 150,000 retweets in about the first five minutes. Yes. It could be a basic bitch tweet. Something that you and I would say in passing and not get a second thought. But if Elon Musk says it. Anyway, I'm getting way off topic. But wait,
0: let me let me just throw one thing. Please do. You mentioned Elon and Werner in the same sentence. Werner von Braun wrote a book. Oh,
1: yes, yes, I know about this. Okay. Called yeah, the Elon Mars Project. Yeah, Elon is like the president, right? The, yeah, he's the, some kind of. The Mars
0: Project is this book about this mission to Mars, and the guy that is the head of the mission is named Elon. Mm-hmm. All right now, I want you to think about the, the, the probabilities of now you've got Elon at the forefront of the mission to Mars narrative. And if you've, I just did a video, uh, 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 we dissected a couple of his videos. It looks like Buck Rogers from the 1950s. Remember Mm -hmm. those videos where they had the little rocket? It's like on strings and there's like a sparkler coming out the back. And just the
1: mouth's moving. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) This is how fake the thing, Elon's serving up. The rocket goes up and it's all CGI and it's like glitching out, disappearing. And then supposedly this rocket writes itself and then lands again and and it's so fake that it almost you almost believe that it's fake on
1: purpose he said that he said the reason you can tell it's real is because it looks so fake i mean
0: if that's not
1: like revelation of the method right there he's literally telling you how fake it looks that's how you can tell it's real (laughs) it's like Kubrick didn't even have the balls to say that kind of shit. No.
0: Now, I have a theory that the level of fakeness on some of these things is purposely outrageous because it's part of the incantation. In other words, it's like a pinch of Batwing and a pinch of a dead man's grave. They have to have these ingredients in this bewitchment where they make it so obvious And yet, you still bite down on it, and that gives the demons permission to put a mind-binding spirit on you, because you're you're so willfully ignorant. Second Second Thessalonians chapter two uh, speaks about a strong delusion that comes on people that are willfully ignorant. Mm
1: -hmm. It's bad juju. Well, and I think COVID was a huge example of that because. I mean, I want to tell you something. I'm overall, in the grand scheme of things, I'm an optimist. Yep. But living through 2020 and 2021, mm-hmm. I lost so much faith in humanity. I lost yeah. faith in my, my... I live in a place where it's... You know, it's port. It's miniature Portland where I work. The town I work in. It's mm-hmm. like blue hair, Antifa stuff. So you can imagine how it was. Oh my COVID. gosh,
0: you're <laughs> like Portland was a war zone.
1: Oh, port. So yeah, where I live, it's a small town, but yeah, it's the same sentiment, and wow. we get we get a lot of the same folks, but we also have a strong conservative base. So it's kind okay. of an odd mix. But anyway, yeah, during COVID, I remember on. The same day I almost I was driving home to see my folks who live in the northeast corner of the state. And I learned that the NBA had closed down. Twenty minutes later, I walk into the grocery store and I see everybody loading their carts with toilet paper.
0: Yeah. And I, I knew
1: this is it. This is the thing that's gonna change the world forever. This is like 9-11 times a thousand. And I I went home and I told my mom who is also like us, I have that going for me. my mom coddled my imagination and she's a, she believes shit. That's too crazy for me. But anyway, right. I <laughs> told, I told her they're going to have us all wearing masks in a couple of months. Mm. Cause I had seen the program and you see like Billy Eilish in 2018, wearing a mask on stage. Michael Jackson was making his kids wear masks. They were mm. start. Then the, there was an emoji or emoticon, whatever you call it on Snapchat that showed up with the mask. And yep. It was just like all within a couple years before the big event. So, anyway, wow. uh, but yeah, COVID is one of those things where I got to watch people, which side of the line are they going to fall on? And man, I just, I had way more hope in humanity than I should have. But I'm yep. glad it happened because, like you said, it's better to know the truth. And wow. I mean, if there's a real like plague, or what what have you? I don't know how people are going to handle it. Mm.
0: I do I do believe that was a test run too. They I think so as well, yeah. They wanted to get some data for the real thing and I think they were shocked at how compliant people were. It, like you said, you you lost faith in humanity. I did too because it was so hard to watch just the lemmings the 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 compliance And I got in a lot of trouble because I never wore a mask once. Oh, good for you. And it caused me a lot of heartache with the family because, you know, they want their happy life and they believe Fauci and they look at. See, what happens when you're a truther and you start to stand in your principles, you're viewed as as you've gone rogue because, you know, you've fallen in with a bad crowd. One of the things that really was a great revelation is when my daughter said, Dad, I wish you were normal. Right. Well, I looked up what the definition of normal means. It means conforming to a standard, usual, typical, or expected. Well, then I looked up the word conform and it means to comply with the rules. Right. Well, guess what? Truthers are the opposite, and essentially, by beginning to question uh, the rules. And this creates a gap that begins to widen between friends, family, you know, lifelong friends, you know, they're not questioning the rules and they get ticked off because you're a buzzkill. You know, they just want to have fun. Landscaping. Well, Well, and that's another thing that we keep talking about
1: is, so if we want to use the lexicon from the matrix, we'll talk about being red pilled. Yeah. And I think it's inevitable to not have a black pilled moment. And that moment can go on as long as you want it to, because there's a lot of doom and gloom to be had. If you want to fear that they're going to line up and vaccinate us and come to our door to door, just to backtrack a little bit, even though I lost faith in humanity, I actually gained faith that I didn't have in this (laughs) country. Because this mean- this country was the only one Where I saw any pushback I mean you could look at Sweden And some isolated uh, countries But for the most right. part America was split right down the middle And I was blown away to see like Governors like Christy Nome, And you know he did it for political reasons But Ron DeSantis To see actual states Entire states and entire populations Of people yep. saying fuck you oh, Was yeah. beautiful And then to see the opposite of it where I lived But I I saw like, yeah, freedom does exist here. It really does. I don't know where else it exists. Like I used to think, you know, I might leave this country someday. I don't think that anymore.
0: No, I, I looked into leaving and, and realized there's nowhere to run. And you're only going to have it worse probably in another country because then you're the gringo, you're the invader and they'll hold it against you. At least here you know what you got. It's a known quantity. I don't think there's anywhere to run.
1: No, I think we're exactly where we should be. I mean, you're in, yeah. in a part of the country that's better off than where I'm at. And I mean, I did tell you I'm a new father. So me leaving Oregon is kind of not in the cards. Right, yeah. Most so people. easily, but yeah. it, it could happen. I could convince the mom if shit gets bad enough. But anyway, mm-hmm. so uh, I wanted to kind of move the conversation. But before we do, do you have any other like little tidbits about your own personal experience and how difficult it's been for you. Cause I, 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 wanted to hear your story first and foremost. So before we move on to more questions that will move away from you, just kind of wrap it up if you'd like to.
0: Yeah. There was one thing I learned in those last two years that I was in the house still um, because I was trying to comply with their boundary and the boundary was Don't talk about anything that's crazy, negative or controversial. Well, that's an impossible uh, demand, especially if you're the father and the husband. Uh, But I'm like, you know, trying my best to stay in their life. So, however, what would happen would be like we would be watching a movie and inevitably the term conspiracy theory would come up in the movie and everybody would kind of look at me and snicker. Well, I, I started to take issue with that, you know, because that's a, a shaming term. It's a shaming uh, attack vector that's designed to shut you down. And I'm like, I'm like, you know, I'm first of all, I'm not the one that's deceived. Let's let's remember that for a second. Truther, you're right and they're wrong. And you're trying to pretend you're deceived like they are by being silent for the rest of your life. This is hell on earth for us. So anyway, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be uh, happy dad. And I'm going to comply because you're more important to me than the truth, in a sense. However, you're still throwing uh, shame balls at me by, by mocking me. And so I came up with this. Excuse me, I may be mistaken, but I'm not crazy. That one-liner, a lot of people told me they use that a lot. So if in other words, if you're in any kind of interaction, you're in a family gathering, and everybody knows you're a kook, you're a conspiracy theorist, kook, nutjob, trafficking the dark corners of the internet. And then, so they, oh, so, so, Colby, what's the latest thing you believe in now, huh? And they're going to start mocking you. You know, excuse me, I may be mistaken, but I'm not crazy, and I would appreciate it if you didn't use that term in my presence because it's very um, disrespectful. I'm telling you what you haul that out and you're going to, you're going to change the atmosphere in the room big time.
1: Yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. Like if, if I go to a party, I always have the people who get, you know, Four drinks deep enough to come talk to me. Yep. Because then at that point I'm entertaining. But and I yeah, I, I, I never <laughs> like miss an opportunity to say some stuff. Cause every once in a while you look out and you see four people laughing at and you see one person like
0: oh I'm so glad you said that. The tide is turning. This it is. is I go when I go out, um, like I'm alone now. And I, I hate going to restaurants. At the, the first time I go in, because they say, how many? It's always just one. Like being one is bad. Oh, it's just one. <laughs> so anyway, I say one. I don't say just one, but I'll always sit at the bar so I don't have to sit alone. And I order my food at the bar. But what I also do is I bring a copy of my book and I put it out and I, I take a copy of like Eric Dubay's Flat Earth book and I'll put that out. <laughs> and I'm telling you what. Every time people will strike up a conversation, they're like, dude, flat earth, I'm totally like thinking it's real. Can you tell me about it? It's the, I'm telling you, the, 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 it's becoming trendy to be a conspiracy theorist. It is. Yes. Yes. Yes.
1: It's even being embraced by a shitload of stand up comedians. Yes. Which like Jim Brewer comes to mind. I mean, you were on, you were on Tinfoil Hat. Sam Tripoli's kind of at the forefront of the, the comedians being conspiracy theorists kind of thing going on but it is trendy and i'm not thinking that's a bad thing you know like yeah the word trendy has a negative connotation but if flat earth's trendy or you know the vax being bullshit is trendy which it is starting to be uh great like i i think like tiktok to me is a great example of something that they unleashed because so many people are becoming conspiracy theorists because of tiktok I don't know oh. if you've seen that, but there yes. is some really high, and I think some of it's kind of like a little gatekeepy psyop-ish, but a lot of it seems legitimate and kind of grassroots. And I think this generation that's like maybe right below high school right now stands a chance mm-hmm. at like having some truth presented to them. And also because of people like us who are online putting it out there,
0: yes, that there's that side to be explored. But. Well, my main message is the Mandela effect, and specifically the journey of the truther. So, I'm discipling people in their walk through this world as a truther. I talk a lot about matters of the heart and how we deal with this and and that whole thing. All right, so I'm like the, I'm like pastoring truthers, okay, but. I'm specifically dealing with the fact that Christians have to deal with the Bible is supernaturally changing, which is completely volcanic. And so those two topics, when I bring it up with podcasters, they're like, oh, man, I got to have you back. We got to do a full episode on that. Okay, now that's not trendy. What that is, is integrity. Okay, in other words, podcasters realize there's enough meat on the bones of this topic that they have integrity. They got to cover it. Cause it's so it's like everything else. It's obvious. It, so what? It blows your mind. I'm sorry. This realm blows my mind constantly, but it's happening, and you can't deny the evidence. I mean, it is.
1: Well, and the fact that like new Mandela effects keep happening. Like the most recent one that I know that's making waves is the Britney Spears "Hit Me Baby." Is it "Hit Me Baby" one more time? Oh yeah. One of those music videos where she's got the plaid skirt on, but yep. suddenly suddenly it's solid black. Yep. And there's not a single person I've come across where I can ask them and they say it's solid black. And then when I show them, you see like, well, and even she, she did like a reenactment of it on her uh-huh. and she was wearing a plaid dress too. Yeah. So she even fooled herself, but yeah. So I, we could talk about the Mandela effect to no end. I kind of want to talk a lot about this trans stuff in Hollywood mm-hmm. because I think, I don't know, I'll let you decide. Where we go next. You want to talk about Mandela <laughs> effect or trans do you call it Transopalypse? trans the apoc-
0: Transpoc. Well, let's let's talk about the Transpocalypse. All right. Yeah. Because we did a little pre-talk in the pre-show. Like we talked about where how many rabbit holes are you down, Colby? Because I like to know where we're the podcaster guys. So we're on the same level, like we're pretty much full in. We're down every rabbit hole. Okay. So The trance, but but what happens is you you find out the moon landing is fake, and then I went to 9-11. It just takes your breath away, the scope of it, and then you like find out about chemtrails, and then reptil I was into like clones and reptilian shapeshifters for a while. That's a mind blow. And this it's in every civilization. The Anunnaki and there's reptilians and all this stuff, the underground bases and all that. But but I um Totally forgot what I was gonna say. <laughs> we're 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 going transpocalypse. Oh, thank you. All <laughs> right, so so you think what's the next shoe to drop, right? You, like you think I've finally learned all the conspiracy theories. No, no, I. So somebody started showing me this. I don't know a couple years ago, and I was like, get out of here. So basically, it's really easy to tell. The anatomical differences between men and women. So men's heads have a different shape and size. The slant of the shoulder. The men's, the the male ring finger is the same length as the middle finger. Uh, there's all these tells, and once you learn them, you can spot somebody within ten seconds. You can see, and what did it for me was, Ju- Juliana Fafalo. Okay, I'm researching this, and and I found out that the German issue of Playboy had a uh, trans, the first trans model. So I go there, and this person was born bo- a man, and then at age 15 had a sex change operation. Okay, so... The and they're doing Playboy's... it
1: way earlier now, by the way, <laughs> than 15. Yeah, like, they are. It's pushed on, like, little kids now. Anyway, I just wanted to throw that in No, there. No,
0: no, So All right, so... Th- the Playboys telling me she's a guy and then her Wikipedia bio and everything in the data sphere is telling me she's a guy. So I'm I'm okay. And she's I'm, hot too. Well, this <laughs> is my point. This is she became the template for me to be willing to accept it because your mind is resisting. So I'm looking at her and she is as beautiful as any woman could be. Facial fa- her face, her body, it's like okay, Wow, and so what happened was, knowing she was a guy, my brain was able to finally accept the fact that if this person is born a guy, then any, any girl that I see, any movie star, it doesn't matter how beautiful they are, it could be a guy. Well, now, it, this is the, the reticular activation center of your brain, is a, a part of your brain which filters out anything that's inconsistent with your paradigm. Okay. And it's very powerful. So, an example is if, let's say, you decide you're going to buy a Honda Accord, and now you start driving around and somehow you notice Honda Accords everywhere. Everybody's Mm -hmm. had that, right? Right. All right. Well, now my filter is up and I start watching the shows. I'm watching whatever. And I'm like, not her, you know, (laughs) Taylor Swift was a guy or this person was a guy. And then you start finding videos where they're admitting they're a guy. And you're like, and it's so it's, so what you find out is the transpocalypse means there's a, there's an apocalypse of them. In other words, the majority of people that you see in the public sector, that's Hollywood, sports figures, uh, government, you know, the, the presidents, heads of state, the guy, CEOs of companies. It's all backwards. A so the great woman example is a man, of this is
1: Bill Gates and Melinda Gates. If you look oh at that, have you seen the, I'm sure you've seen the anatomical oh, yeah. breakdowns of those two. And yeah, I mean, it doesn't get bigger than that couple. Well, past couple.
0: So they're not, this is not a few people living out their, you know, sexuality in private. This is a breeding program. I remember when I saw how, how, what's the word, uh, pervasive it is. It's like every, it's like all of them. I thought, where am I? Like, what What kind of menagerie am I living in? But there is that much control over all of the systems of the world and the people that get po- populated. Like, you know, we think these people just moved up the ladder. No, they were bred somewhere and put in these positions. And we're just little pawns. We're little like bugs, thinking we're voting for people and we're like living up. no you're you're in some bizarre sci-fi horror movie that's you know where the cloak is coming off they're uncloaking like the klingons the the red velvet glove of tyranny has come off and i don't know where we are i think there's a lot of us that now believe we're not going into the tribulation we're now believing the tribulation has already happened. Now, this is not preterism. Okay, let's talk about that. Okay, so there's a the the, chrono, the chronology of the prophecies are you, you, all this stuff moves towards the uh the antichrist coming on the scene, and then there's the tribulation, and then there's like a rapture, second coming, or whatever this process is. But but the devil gets thrown into the pit and then there's a thousand years of millennial reign, of peace on earth. And then after that, there's a period of... This is one of the weirdest things in the Bible. After the millennial reign, the book of Revelation says Satan is let out to deceive the nations for a little while. A little while? That. <laughs> I read that for the first time once. I was like, what? You in just biblical got done terms, cleaning what? up the whole thing. And then you have a millennial reign... Where Jesus is reigning on the earth and it's you know peace on earth. That's where the lion lays down with the lamb and it's all that. And then, then you're going to let him out again. Well, guess what? We may be in that period. Because I'll tell you what. Why I'm starting to lean into this. It's the mud flood, Tataria, and all of these ornate buildings, which we know are are, are we're being lied to about history. So star forts impossible that these people built star forts, you know, when we're told they were built, in the time frames that they were built. And that these ornate buildings with zero-point energy towers on the top, you know, we're being told we're built in four or five years. Yeah, right. And the mud flood is an unexplainable thing, and Tatari, and all this stuff. So, then the other piece of info, in other words, that, that whole bit of info tells or suggests that All of the history we've been told is complete nonsense. Yeah,
1: because you can also throw in that same time period as like world's fairs and orphan trains and that kind of thing.
0: Yes, baby. But you know the one that really got me? All that, what I just said, combined with this. The Euphrates River is going to dry up right before the Battle of Armageddon because that's what allows the 200 million man army. Go look it up. The 200 million man army comes to fight the Armageddon. The Euphrates River is drying up. They just found, because the Euphrates dried up, they're finding all these caves, and they found this thing. It's look this up. The copper scrolls. Have you heard this? This is so incredible. No, I don't know where my notepad is. If they don't make a movie about this, they're nuts. Copper, the copper scrolls. Scrolls. It took them something like ten years. I don't know where that, maybe it was in the Euphrates because that's fairly recent. This thing has like 70 different uh, sites where treasures are buried. And so I don't know who's in control of it, but they're going to, you know, all these places eventually, I don't know if they started, and there's supposedly these giant t- t- stores of gold and and you know, giant rooms full of knowledge and oh my gosh it's just this world is so incredibly bizarre and it's all being kept from us all the history of giants you know the smithsonian the men in black come and when they find a giant they s- snatch it away so we're not well do you told- think
1: that's what like started the whole dinosaur myth was like we got to come up with something to explain these huge bones that we sometimes find
0: perhaps because if you go to museums none of the bones are real they're well all they're, like, they'll like
1: parts. they'll like say even in the fine print on the little uh, plaque it'll say like yeah we found this toe bone and then we did a composite for the rest of this shit. yeah it's like it's at-rex and you found a toe bone that could have <laughs> that could have been a giant you know you never yep. know
0: well there's 16 references to giants in the Bible and then if you go into the writings all the way going back to the Sumerians, all the way in every civilization, there's historical writings that there was giants. Even Abraham Lincoln in his talk at the Niagara Falls mentioned giants. So it and there's articles from uh, uh, newspapers in the US talking about giants. And of course, there's tons of archeological evidence. So they existed, and many people believe they still exist on well, the earth.
1: You remember that it was kind of a big deal. It was this uh, military team... I don't know what military branch, but it was over in Afghanistan and they claimed they'd killed a giant and they said Mm -hmm. it was really big and redheaded and yeah. So, I mean, you hear stuff like that quite often. I think there was this thing and I want to say it was Mexico where this guy filmed a giant on top of a mountain Mm -hmm. and then he put it on his feed and then he died. Imagine that. That was like a few months ago, maybe. I mean, time for me, what I've been going through is kind of it's sometime in the last year. We'll just say that. But yeah, so I mean, the the trans apocalypse thing, I think, is one of those things that a lot of people don't want to touch because A, you be the fear of being labeled transphobic, I think, still like gets to people. And it's like, you know, if there's a group of people that you're not allowed to make fun of you got to wonder what that's about and that's the one thing that you can get canceled for i have another show aside from this one it's a weekly political current event satire show and we got taken off youtube right away
0: and a lot yes. of it was
1: like trans stuff or if you talk shit about israel and this was two years ago now no and i i think you're a biblical guy so let's let's talk a little bit about Israel and Palestine and what you think is going on there. Is this self-fulfilling prophecy or is this like the real deal? Uh
0: well, Israel is very similar to the US. We've been there's a infiltration of the projected government, and so it's not really run, like Israel is not run by Jews, it's run by the Kazarian mafia. And they are, you know piggybacking the structure of the Jews and using their name, that's why it started confusing because the Bible is very clear that God is sovereign and he chose the Jews as his chosen people. We don't really understand all of that, but it's clear. And God says, God will bless those that bless Israel. Well, that's not the Kazarian mafia. Those people are not to be blessed, but the poor people under them that are oppressed by them are God's people, so we make that distinction. Just like here, you know, we're not we're not uh, having proper representation by Biden or any of the Lincoln or any of these people. They're they're criminals, and uh, you know, I'm I'm very optimistic that we're about to see it's going to go one way or another. There's a lot of um, there is a lot of credibility to the white hat scenario. I'm I'm watching it for five years now. There's good news truthers, and then there's everybody else. And the good news truthers, when they would mention a specific thing, I would look it up, and it's in the data sphere. So it's not just complete smoke. You know, I, everybody is not a shill. That's my theory. For instance, Trump. Everybody has an opinion about Trump. My and For me, it's very irrational to suggest that he's just a shill. It's a superficial characterization of him. I think what's Actually, more probable is that he, there are factions within the deep state. Right. And these factions aren't getting along. They don't sing Kumbaya. And he's one that is, uh, he's part of a faction or is the head of a faction, which is not anti human like some of these other ones, like the Bush, the Rockefeller, Bush, uh, Obama dynasty. And they want what's on the Georgia Guidestones to happen. Get everybody down to 500 million. So that would make more sense to me, that there's just infighting, than to try to suggest that all the stuff that he's had to go through was faked to draw us into following him. That, to me, seems totally ridiculous. So
1: you do think that there are elements of the deep state that aren't necessarily nefarious?
0: They're not as anti-human like like okay. the, the white dragons have been you know telling a, a lot of different people like Benjamin Fulford has some really cool stuff look up Benjamin Fulford on Rumble he has these thirty minute talks there and he's fascinating uh you know they don't want everybody to be wiped out they want to rule over them so they're right. they're like happy gangsters you know
1: <laughs> well I I'll go with that no I like I like that distinction because at the end of the day, I, I I don't favor any politician. I don't think there's one among them that really cares about me at the end of the day. But yeah. what you're saying actually does make sense. Yeah. That maybe there's some kind of disagreement at the core of their philosophy. Like, do we need the peons or do we
0: not need them? No maybe. question. I'll tell you another thing that will really help a lot of people in trying to... Because a lot of us were on the Trump train until he doubled down on the backs. And then we were like... Right. That's the end. However, what I listened to Benjamin Fulford today, and he said he he's gotten really strong confirmation that there are two Trumps. So the the real Trump is actually had to flee after the lost election, and he's in a, a military base in Greenland. He does look different these days. Definitely, the the one we have now is like white under his eyes. Yeah, he's he's, yep.
1: he's he's he looks like he's not as orange as the mm-hmm. old Trump. Exactly, and like he seems a little smarter too. Like I've noticed Mm. some of these interviews he's done. He one with Tucker. He's talking about the fucking history of the Panama Canal and
0: shit. And I was like, Mm.
1: where was this Trump in 2016? Interesting. So yeah.
0: All right. So now what what does that mean? All right. So it's almost impossible to have a real opinion about geopolitical stuff unless you have somebody high up in the infrastructure that's giving you direct intel. So all of us peons have to triangulate between this, this journalist and this journalist, people like you and me and whoever we listen to. And we try to listen to a bunch of people and then formulate an opinion, but we really don't know. Right. Okay. We, there's like we know five, what
1: they want us to know.
0: Well, the stuff slips out and you can kind of try to um, extrapolate. But my thing is there's like five levels of truth in anything that you see. Like right now, Biden, the Biden that we're looking at is not the same Biden. He doesn't even look the same. And he's got a mask on. You can see the rubber mask in different videos. It's coming off of him. Right. So what does that mean? That means the White House is shut down. Uh, the uh, the Vatican may or may not be shut down, but uh, Buckingham Palace is shut down. But they're still showing it on the TV with CGI and actors and they're portraying this whole world is still rolling along and and so who's winning like the 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 scenario is that maybe the Trump white hat scenario is true and the the, the narrative there is that They need to allow these criminals to play out their evil in front of everybody so enough people can wake up. Then the military can step in and take over, which is what it's going to take, um, because if they don't get enough consensus from the population, history will not treat it well. That is a viable scenario, but that's happening. So –
1: do you think that there is a possibility that when stuff does get as bad as it's gonna get, that there is a military faction that will be in our favor?
0: Yes, I think that's a very possible um outcome. And then, yeah. and not, and I don't I'm not just guessing because this is what I do, and I'm looking into the claims of the good news truthers. They're Charlie Ward, Simon Parks, Mel Kay, Juan Osabin, Jocko. Benjamin Fulford, X twenty two report. These are what I call the good news truthers. Jack Jocko Willinks? He's like a guy. I don't know. He's like a dude. He's like I think he was a wrestler or something. Is
1: he like ex military and he's a real motivator? yeah yeah
0: that guy yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah I know. All okay. right, so
1: so is these Mel are, K oh. is Mel K a chick? Yeah, okay, okay. I just wanted because those two names really stuck out to me. Everybody else you said, I don't know if I've heard of, but you keep mentioning Benjamin Fulford. Yeah,
0: Benjamin Fulford is a journalist in
1: Japan.
0: Oh, and
1: so he's kind of like uh, James Coburg.
0: He's he's talks more in the rarefied air of the 13 families, okay, and what's going on at that level, and it's really where everything's happening right up there, and he's got apparently as i've listened to him for years and, and you know he's been right about a lot of things which is as a truther that's all i got i don't have an uncle right. in the power structure you know
1: you let their their uh, record speak for itself yeah
0: exactly that's yeah. all we got you know and you watch people and you see if they have integrity and if the things they're saying make sense and then if the things that they're predicting start to come to pass over time because they're claiming they have contacts. These people claim to have high-level contacts. That's what he claims. So, okay, let's see if what you're saying comes true, which it has. And that's pretty much the best we can do as truthers. Um, and then you listen to ten, 10 other people who have similar narratives where they have contacts. And if, if all of them are lining up, you have consensus, and then that helps you have a little bit higher level of confidence but I I keep telling folks, I said, you can't be real dogmatic about anything. Like, I, I, people say, Trump's a shill. I say, how do you know? Well, oh, he just is. <laughs> well, what's your evidence? Well, the bankers came and bailed him out, and they're all off Mafia. No, I looked into that. The bankers bailed him out because he was making him tons of money. And if he went bankrupt, he wouldn't keep making a m- bunch of money. So that's not proof he's a shill. What else you got?
1: Yeah, I, I have a little bit of input there. My thing about Trump is, to me, he looks very much like one of the oligarchs, like pet projects that kind of got out of out of control. Mm-hmm. Because if you look like Jeff Zucker, Circus CNN, before then he was in NBC, when The Apprentice was reigning supreme. Yes. And it's almost like he's been vetted from the from the time he he's in his 20s or 30s. Yeah. And it seems like the script changed. Hillary was supposed to be president. It and, does appear that that
0: was the plan. Yeah, and it was like <laughs> something, something happened. Wait, right, but was it him? Was I, he actually uh, the I, agent of change? I, I don't know. Or was
1: that all planned? We don't know. It looks like it's a little bit of both. Like They saw something happening and they're like, hey, we can make this work. That's what I think happened. It was like they saw this thing take off, and they thought, you know,
0: we could make this work better than Hillary. Actually, perhaps. But check this out. I, I've got I've got a, this opinion. Everybody is not a shill. Now, as the higher up you go in the power structure, the more you are a shill. Like, in other words, there's basically nobody in the positions of president that gets in. Unless yeah, I was going to say,
1: do you not include president of the United States? Yeah. As, as one All right.
0: however, however, there's the God trump card. Okay, God raised up Cyrus, who was an unrighteous king to deliver his people. So I don't discount intervention by God. The flood was an intervention. The Tower of Babel was a direct intervention by God. Now, the Mandela effect is another direct intervention by God where he's allowing the Bible to be changed. This is the most disruptive event in the entire church age, next to Jesus himself appearing on the earth. The Bible is changing, and the majority of the body of Christ either doesn't know it or has heard about it and is ignoring it. So so that's a, a huge intervention. So my point is that it is possible that Trump meant to do all this good, which he did. I mean, his his record was unbelievable what he did. And so we're being asked to believe that all that was fake just to draw us into complacency? I don't believe
1: Well, that. see, that's the thing is like, if you take Trump up until late 2019, you can say all that and then it yeah. happened. And it's like, this is just a whole new thing where it's the first time where I saw him lose support Among his most fervid, like conservative, freedom-loving crowd, because they saw him not only not fire Fauci, but declare the state of emergency. Oh my gosh! He's to this day
0: bragging about Operation Warp Speed. I agree. All right, so let me let me qualify what I'm trying to say. Just because I don't believe necessarily that he was a shield from the beginning, he could he demonstrated a lot of evidence that he became either compromised or replaced i believe that he was replaced that to me makes a lot more sense cuz we right. know they got they got clones and they got reptilian shapeshifters it's easy to for them or they got body doubles you know mm-hmm. there's like been five different hillaries mm-hmm. we're not looking at the same biden so they can put people in there that
1: look like trump and he's you know, I've heard people comedians do Trump impersonations,
0: where it's like yeah. it would't be that hard really to replace no. that guy no, so what up so the, so then what does that mean? So I could be right in that the Trump that was the original Trump was actually a globalist or you know a an elite, but he wasn't a nihilistic one and the, and so he kind of loves humanity. He just wants to rule over it, okay. If that's best I get, I'll I'll vote for him rather than Hillary, wouldn't you? So anyway, we don't believe in voting anyway, but my point is- <laughs> Thank you. I, right, I, so, uh, so, I, I've never voted myself. No, I know, I know. No. So um, what's my point? My point is that there's five levels of truth. And so if the Trump you're looking at is a shill, then we could essentially both be right. Because if, if the real Trump is still in power- in a military base, and the whole narrative that the military is with him and is waiting for, basically a near death experience of the U.S. to bring the U.S. to its knees, so that the people are pouring over the. I mean, Biden was offering a million dollars per family to come over, and and they're just giving them cell phones and money. I mean, it's just it's an orgy of corruption, and you, mm-hmm. you know, even the most ardent Democrat is going what. And that's what they're trying to do if that's if that narrative is true. And all I'm just saying is it is possible because there's tons of evidence to support that that is happening. Tons. Well, you know, like uh, Biden, Biden flew in on, on a chartered jet. When he did his inauguration, there was it was pre-filmed, and there was people in the inauguration that had two different pairs of shoes throughout the thing. So that was obviously faked. Uh, the, the I remember reading in the data sphere that the military refused to give him the launch codes. So there was serious evidence. Well, they, that the they, they come out wasn't... and
1: they say like when he makes these statements about Taiwan and shit like that, they'll come out and say the president's statement do not align with that of the white house. And it's like, well, if, who's the white house. Yeah. Like, right. If not <laughs> the president, even Korean Jean Pierre will say shit like that. Like, yep. but so anyway, yeah, t- so I think this, we have a few minutes left, and I want to. Mm-hmm. I think I would like to shift into because you would keep skirting it here in this conversation. Let's talk about clones. All right. So tell me what you believe and like, because I'm all on board with it. I mean, Jamie yes. Fox is
0: a recent example of. Oh, like, come on, man! Did you see the picture? Of him? <laughs> His skin is like two shades different.
1: And you know, you could explain that away with the hospital stuff. But no, you got, you got like eyebrows and. Uh, voice inflection—it just none of it's lining up. And then he was in—he no. was even in that movie,
0: like, bro. His head is a different shape. I just did this two days ago. I did a whole thing on clones, okay? Because I got a side by side picture: Jamie Fox, and now the most recent, and it's like. His skin is two shades lighter. This he- is
1: on your uh, Wake Up or Else website. Right.
0: It's called The Sins of Conspiracy right. Theorists. All That's right. the name of the video.
1: I'm just going to open the floor to you. Let's talk about clones. All right. Go so for it. it's
0: very simple. Remember when they told us they cloned Dolly the sheep in like 1996? Yes. All right. So do you think if they can clone a sheep, that they can clone a human?
1: Not to mention also that everything that they present to us, they've probably had on lockdown for at least four decades. That's always kind of been my rule of thumb. So, yeah, oh, yeah, if they could clone a sheep, which is a complex mammal.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No brainer. All right. Now, my next question is, if they can clone humans, do you think they want to?
1: I mean, if not for just the purpose of armies.
0: Right. There's you a lot make of stuff. super soldiers. You saw that in one of the Star Wars movies where they had a clone, the clone army, uh, but you could do it for, you know, you know, let's say you're wealthy and we clone another bunch of bodies. So, oh, you need a new heart. I got, I got your heart for you. Okay. And then of course there's, you know, all kinds of reasons they want to create clones to replace people that will make the money. Like there's a lot of different people that are in the um, Hollywood and movies and music industry that are clones, because I don't know, they take them out of the game, they get uppity and they they start wanting to tell the truth. And so they just take them out and they kill them and they put a clone in. And they can basically transfer all the memories and the skills and everything to the clone with the technology they got from the fallen angels. But the evidence is overwhelming. There's tons of whistleblowers that come out of Hollywood and the scientific community. It's in a lot of the movies and the predictive programming. And then the pictorial evidence is, is overwhelming. I mean, there's hundreds of examples of people. Tom Hanks are... during COVID
1: was one that was just mind blowing to me. What is that? Tom Hanks during COVID when he got COVID in Australia and he kind of disappeared for a while. And we, could, I mean, Tom Hanks is a conspiracy rabbit hole in himself, but yes, he got back from Australia and you could look at his ears and it wasn't him. So you know, sometimes it might be clones, sometimes it might be the body doubles, but mm. um anyway, I didn't mean to cut you off,
0: but no, it's totally it's totally bizarre because uh you wonder this is what I wonder. Okay, so we're being shown this show on the TV and the media is completely controlled, it has nothing to do with reality. They will lie through their face with green screens and makeup stuff. And, you know, I've seen like where well, they had four different shootings in the course of six months and they had the exact same crisis actor. It was this lady, four different parts of the country. And each one, she had a different hair color, different glasses, different name. But they presented her as a bystander and they're getting her f- opinion about what happened in four different shootings in four different places and, s- and so what does that tell you? The media knows that.
1: well, and don't you think there's also a level of like showing us? yeah, because have you ever looked into Nicholas Sandman being David Hogg? No, the, but... col- the uh, he's the Sandy Hook shooter, right Nicholas yeah Sandman. Look at the pictures of him and David Hogg around the time Parkland happened. Mm. I swear. If they're not the same person, <laughs> then right. uh, I, I mean, so do you think there's like underground labs where this kind of shit's been going on forever? Because I mean, if you go back to like Laurel Canyon, start looking at people like Marilyn Monroe, mm-hmm. it seems to me like they've always had a handle on this uh, this level of control. When cloning came in, I don't have a really good guess, but I think it's obviously it's being employed now. How far do you think it goes
0: back? There's a movie called Boys from Brazil, which whistleblowers have said is the closest thing to where they're just admitting. If you watch that movie, you'll you'll basically get an understanding of what boys doing. Boys from Brazil? Boys from Brazil, yeah. It's a movie about the cloning programs. If you listen, there's a bunch of whistleblowers I've listened to, and they definitely were not lying. They're telling you. And, you know, a lot of it's for sex partners and, you know, there's all kinds of reasons. But the, the political one is the weirdest one because, you know, let's take Trump, for instance. If, if what we're seeing is a operative for the deep state, this guy Trump. Um, so the deep state controls the banking system and the media and a bunch of underground bases and the financial system. And they've they basically told Benjamin Fulford and others, if we can't, we've ruled the world for thousands of years, and if we can't rule it, we'll blow it up. So that's basically my understanding from the people I'm listening to is that that's what's happening right now. Is the is these bad guys have been defeated? They know where we know where they live, right? And so they're suing for peace instead of blowing up the world, they're going to let them ride off into the sunset. Keep their legacy and not be hung by the neck, and maybe even operate in a different capacity or whatever. But in exchange, they won't blow up the world.
1: Uh, Do you believe nuclear weapons exist?
0: I don't think I believe that they exist. I don't. I don't either. This is a this is a newer one for me. Yeah, but I'm. I'll tell you why. It's first of all Nagasaki, First of all, the. Remember the documentary that we've all been shown forever from like the nineteen whatever sixties? Well, that's totally fake. Right. That b- thing blowing up was it was ch- cheesy. Well, you talk overlays.
1: about Kubrick and the outer space stuff, but Lookout Mountain Studios in Rural yep. Canyon—that's
0: where they shot all that fucking nuclear shit. Yeah. I know
1: is not real.
0: No. All right. So if that's not real. And then you go and you look at Nagasaki and Hiroshima, which are the only times they actually dropped one. That's not real. Right. You could get the same result from firebombing. Exactly. And we did in Vietnam. Yep. If
1: you look at like Vietnam and Japan, and plus none of the people in the surrounding areas of both cities left ever. And if nuclear fallout is to be what we are told it is, then that would be complete horseshit. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, maybe we've got them at this point. I doubt it. Because a world where we had that, I think they would be used. But what better thing to show what a superpower is to
0: like fake that you've got this ultimate weapon or or uh, to control all of us? Like, what a, I mean, they use fear to control us. So, of course, what a great weapon that is for them to control
1: us. Well, and James Cameron, he's to me one of the predictive programming directors. And if you look at Terminator 2, that's what
0: instilled the fear of nuclear war into
1: me. But, Also, Christopher Nolan, do you know the, that filmmaker? I think he's the modern yeah. day Kubrick. He just yeah. did the movie Oppenheimer, which I haven't watched yet. I'm, I'm, no, me neither. But I kind of want to watch it just because it's like a load of propaganda.
0: Yep. The, the <laughs>
1: physicist behind, the, and he said the thing from the Bhagavad Gita, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. So anyway, I mean, we've been going for like an hour and a half, and I would love to get you back on to just, to be cliché, Talk about the Mandela effect.
0: Oh man, let's you. do that because it really does—it does require a whole session, especially it if does. we get into the biblical stuff. Because it was foretold. Like, I'll give you a couple examples real quick. Um, it's good. Let's lay out a teaser for all our right. Next... Amos eight eleven, is it is it definitely a future a prophecy of the end days, according to a lot of different commentaries and different people, and it says, "In that day, I will send a famine." into the land, but not a famine of bread. It'll be a famine of the word. Men will seek the word and will not be able to find it. They'll travel to the north, the south, the east, and the west, and they will not find it. Well, that's perfect description of the Mandela effect.
1: It's also a perfect description of the internet. Because 10 years ago, I could pull up stuff that I cannot find now.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Thought. <laughs> All right, so the... Seek to change times and laws. Hey, and the you, word "laws" would could you be interpreted. St- would the Bible. you start over? You just cut out like right
1: after. Oh. Or, uh, uh
0: maybe like twenty seconds back. I don't. Okay, let me make sure my. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Daniel seven twenty five is another one that we found that seems to really strikingly predict this because it's talking about the Antichrist and what he'll be doing. And one of the things he'll be doing is he will seek to change times and laws. And it's times, it's not calendars, it's chronos, time. So, and laws is, that same word is interpreted as the law of God in Ezra 7. So it's a fair interpretation to say that he will seek to change space, time, and the Bible. I just want to
1: interject again that I think Elon Musk is a good candidate for the Antichrist. He's going to chip all of us. You want to oh, talk yeah. about managing times and perceptions? I think that that would be the way to do it, and that's the mark of the beast, also the neural link.
0: Well, that's if the tribulation hasn't happened.
1: yet. Oh, yes that that we did discuss that. Which I think, like, there's a few things that we've talked about that I think we could do whole episodes on. Anyway, yeah, going on for the for the. All right, exit. and
0: so you know, this is a third rail topic for anybody that loves God in the Bible because. It's very destabilizing to think that the devil doesn't have that much power Of course he doesn't, unless God gives it to him, which he did in Revelation 13. He is given power and authority to wage war against the saints and prevail against them. And the real bummer for the church is that they think that the Bible teaches that it can't be changed, but they're misinterpreting that, and we can easily show that. So it's happening. Well,
1: hey, as a simulation theorist, it all jibes with me.
0: I oh, mean, dude. If I just a, did a talk on that. I called the Simulation Theory or the Bible. It's on my channel. Do, really? Yeah, so we could try to go there, too. Right now? No, when we come back. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: was going to say, if we yeah. could like talk about that in a few minutes, but yeah, no, I'd love to. In fact, Absolutely. maybe so... Yeah, we got like three things on the back burner right now. Yeah, man. When I put Absolutely. this up, yeah, set it I'm up. Gonna I'll start come back. right. All right, cool. Well, dude, it's been awesome talking to you. I read your book, I heard you on tinfoil hat, and I feel like I've known you for a long time. Nice. But yes. it's nice to finally meet you.
0: You too, man. That and was a great uh, interview.
1: I look forward to part two through however many more. And awesome.
0: Uh, yeah, it's it's the conspiracy theorist survival guide. It's you can get it on Amazon. It's available in audio or paperback. And uh, it's also from my website, which is wakeuporelse.com. And it's really just a, it's a, it's a guidebook for persecuted truthers to help you intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually on your journey.
1: And I recommend it highly. I read it in two nights. And nice. anybody who's a fence sitter or wants to know how to jive with the <laughs> the fucking normies that surround you daily. Yep it's the book for you all cool. right John well uh, happy holidays and I will I will send you an email when this drops I'll send you a link whatever else you'd like and we will Excellent. do this again
0: soon. all right Colby yeah just reach out when you're ready and we'll do an, we'll do round two for sure this was a great interview I'm, awesome. I'm really grateful
1: well thank you I I, I will say the same thing I, I I'm glad that you reached out to me and I'm glad yeah. that we finally made this happen and uh, we will do more as time permits Nice. All All right, right, guys.
0: Appreciate it.
1: Take it easy.